What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name's Andrew Bolton. With us, of course, is Pastor Robbie Gowdy and his wonderful wife, Candy. All right, Pastor, I'm really excited for this episode because I believe yesterday at church, we had a family join us from Canada who gave yes. you some candy. Yes, it was and awesome. And I just heard a, just a snippet of how, I don't know, something about this candy went south. Well, it's <laughs> he didn't want to. I told him about this before the podcast, before Candy who's on the show with us got here about how she eats candy. Uh, and it it's just like the end of me. I don't know if your wife does this, Andrew, but <laughs> so this sweet couple joins us online, worships online from Canada. They watch every week. They came in town after the service. They waited and, and, and talked to us. And he said, I got, I got you a gift. It was Canadian candy. I can't think of the name of it. Well, it's, it's like a chocolate. It's, like a yeah, fine cho- chocolate, like fine chocolates. Okay. You know those like assorted, it was like assorted, yeah. okay. like assorted, assorted right. can- like Russell Stover's on steroids. It's like Ooh, the best, okay, the best kind. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, it's the kind of candy you just savor. Yeah, like they're little bitty, right? But I just like eat little bites of it. Okay, so I'd already <laughs> so as soon as Ryder, who my son, who is basically me incarnate, he hears candy and he walks over to the line. I said, right. no, 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 stay away from this box of candy. This is mine, which is true. So I get home from church. And uh, I eat my lunch, and I say, hey, where's the box of candy? Mm. And uh, apparently, Candy and Ryder have oh. already tapped into the box before I got to open my box of candy. And well, so no, It was a family gift. Well. So it was for the family. Who, who did they hand it to in line? Me. I think they handed me. It to me. I just wondered. No, I just wondered. I wasn't there. Actually, but anyway, I was there. Okay, but, but here's what happens. So here's how can't it. So if your wife, so you have these assorted candies and they have right. the little paper that tells you what oh, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Okay? Now, not all boxes have the paper, but no. this one did. This one did. If it doesn't have the paper, this it's accentuates what candy does even more that really gets to the end of it. But anyway, but anyway, so I'm looking at this box of candy and I open it up and there are a few <laughs> missing. And I'm like, okay. And so I know how candy's going to mm. eat. And so she says, <laughs> this is what she said. She says, can I have one? I said, yes. She said, no, let me ask you, do you like dark mm. or milk chocolate? Now, I know, I knew the answer to this, which, so I'd already had a piece, and I ate the entire piece. She normally, okay, but that's not normal. What Candy does is, she will take a piece of these fine chocolates. Okay. She bites the top off. <laughs> the top? Watch this. Well, it just depends on and how they're shaped. 99% of the time, she doesn't like it, so guess what she does? She puts it back. She puts it back in the box. And so one time, we had a nice box of chocolates that I opened... <laughs> That I opened up, and there were six of them half eaten in the box. And she said, no, no. "Honey, I left those." Oh three. my god! <laughs> no, no. Sometimes though, th- now l- let me just let me clarify. Oh my gosh! Sometimes I just open them a little bit to see what's inside. Mm. Like if there's yeah, no, but if there's cream and the cream's ruined and it's opened up. It's this one was a, a pyramid, bit. which was funny. This was a pyramid. Well, she bit the whole top of the pyramid and put it right back. Yeah, in the if, box. You're, if you're no, watching no. online, this. That was not the Illuminati symbol. He was just oh simply yeah. making the shape making of the shape pyramid. Now, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> I do want to clarify that I did bite the top off of the pyramid one, but I put it back in there because I only wanted a little bit at the time. So oh. I'm still oh, going to eat it. Have you said, thought about like cutting it? No. You just no, 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 no. It's just bite marks straight into it. Oh, but anyway, okay, okay so moving, moving on. on moving, moving on. on. Moving so on. that is not okay, what we're talking about. So today about. we're talking about bite marks in the genealogy of Matthew. <laughs> Very good chocolate, by the way. Chocolate was amazing. Today we're talking about Mary visiting Elizabeth. She actually is going out of the home, and she's going to see her relative Elizabeth. And there's a lot of things in here that we're going to enjoy today. So, Candy, turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. And we're going to read about Mary's 
interaction with Elizabeth. Okay. Okay. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. Okay, stop right there. Now, who is Elizabeth to Mary? Who have we always thought her to be? Uh, Her niece. Cousin. Uh, that's married to Elizabeth, but yeah, we've thought, uh, not her niece, no, her, her, we thought her cousin. Now, where do we get that? Okay. Go back with me up to verse 36. When the angel is speaking to Mary earlier in Luke chapter one, he says this word, um, where we we translate it as cousin, but it's, what does he say? Relative. 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 Okay. Okay. Now remember, Mary's probably 12 to 14. Elizabeth is probably... 50, 60 years old, okay? okay? So she's older. So you have two women on, on the opposite uh, side. Both of them have something in common. And when you say opposite side, you mean opposite side of like childbearing years. Yes, opposite side of childbearing One's too young, as we learned last right. week, to have a child. One's too old past the childbearing years, yeah. So what do, we, what do we know? We know they both have something in common. What is it they have in common? They're both pregnant. They're both pregnant, okay. In a miraculous way. In a miraculous way, yeah. Now, we don't know exactly how long after, but we can assume probably five, six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, okay? So she's coming to the end of it, and then Mary's early on, okay? So she travels to her relative uh, Elizabeth. Most of the priests in the first century did not live in Jerusalem. They actually lived in nearby neighboring communities. So we believe, obviously, they're in Judah. So from where Mary is in Nazareth to Judah is around how much? How many miles do you know? I do not. Okay, about 80 miles. Oh, wow. Okay. By the, by the further hill, hill than country. Thir- further uh, than I thought. 80 miles? Yeah. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. I can the, south, the southern countryside of Judah. You find out how far... The, the Galilee area to the southern countryside of Judah. Maybe that's a little much. It was a, at least a two-day journey by foot. I know that for sure, okay? okay. So I, I think it's I think 80 miles is right. I think about 80 miles Distance is right. Distance from where to where? From Nazareth, ChatGPT. Thank you, Andrew. ChatGPT. No, this is... Oh. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. I knew, I knew it was... It's about 80 miles. Ben, tell me 80 miles. Okay, I knew I was... I had the notes right. Okay, I wrote this down. 80 miles. It ben took, have it took at least... He's our, he writes our... our, our Okay, 70 to 80 miles. Seven, no, 80 miles. And, and it's going to take at least two days, three days by foot. Okay. okay. She makes the journey down and she shows up in the house and we see something happening. You just read it. So what happens when she shows up in the house? It says, Elizabeth right away says the words, what? Blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. Now that has been misinterpreted and we'll get to that in a moment. But how does she know... Or how does she realize that this is her her cousin carrying the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Lord of God? Or, because or, she feels John leap in her stomach. Okay, so the word there presence. is, yes, is leaped, okay, or, or leapt uh, in the past sense. What does that word mean in the language of the, of, of the Greek uh, New Testament? Mm, like a gallop. Ooh, like a gallop, kind yeah, of. It's not, it's not just <clears throat> a little, it's not a flutter. No. It was this significant... Movement. Yes. What does you tell us, honey? You well, no, 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 I'm asking you guys. I'm asking you guys. Andrew, what do you think? I remember looking that up yeah. years ago. I mean, I've, we've had three kids, so I'm just envisioning intense movement. Yeah. So it's like a skip, 
right? So it's like a skin. The word picture there is for what a sheet does when you let it out of the pen. You ever okay. seen it yeah, yeah, skipping yeah. and jumping? That's the idea. So it leaped. Uh, leaped is a better uh, translation. So the baby leaped inside of her, okay? And we as men, as you said, can't understand this, but this is a prenatal kick in the womb that she feels. Now, why does the baby leap? Okay, what have we always thought? And, and I think this is good to say. But I'm going to give you an alternative perspective. Okay. I mean, I've just always thought he could sense he was in the presence of Jesus. Yeah, so yeah. here's John, six months old, let's say. Um, he is in the womb, and John as a prophet, which is his role, right. is going to prophetically in the womb. Ooh, announce. Announce. Ah. Yeah, how cool is that? So John yeah. as a prophet is announcing beforehand right. he knows this is who Jesus is, right? And so it's pretty cool. Uh, one of the coolest insights here is from R. Ken Hughes, a commentator, and he says this about the moment. He says, don't miss the point of this. This fetus, John, yet to see the light of the world, experienced the emotion of joyous delight. Mm, the light this of the world. See, you sort of see where he went there. This is incontrovertible testimony to the pre-birth personhood of John the Baptist. John was then about nine inches long and weighed about one and a half pounds. He looked like a perfect miniature newborn. His skin was translucent. His fingerprints, he had fingerprints and toe prints. Sometimes he would open his eyes for brief periods of time and gaze into the liquid darkness of the womb. And yet when Jesus enters, he leapt for joy. Mm. Pretty amazing to think about. Now, this is also a sobering thought for anyone who is considering abortion. Right. Because it shows us that human life begins yeah. at conception. Before that. Even. Or even before I mean, conception, right. So we see John leaping for joy in his mother's womb. Now, the challenge with that understanding, and I believe that's the case, the pushback on that, and commentators are... Some are divided on John knowing Jesus was Lord and Messiah. The pushback is not that he actually knew Jesus was the Messiah, but that the baby just jumped for joy because of being in the presence of God. He didn't actually know at that moment. And here's what their pushback is. Go with me to John chapter 1, verse 32. And I want you to listen to John the Baptist's own testimony about mm. his understanding of Jesus as the Messiah, which is an interesting commentary here. What does John say? You're asking me? I'm asking you. Read it. Oh, John I, 1, 32. So I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Sorry, that's all I have from ChatGPT. No, John one thirty two is what we one thirty two. That's what, oh, I, I looked no. up John one thirty two. Oh, okay, John one thirty two and thirty three. It's the okay. next. It's the next verse too. Next verse too. That's what I get from only okay. looking up. Well, you need a Bible. We need a Bible for this. Podcast. No, I've got it, but I, okay. I was really focused John on verse two. four, three of the Candy's other phone rest. Okay, the here we go. John one thirty two and thirty three. Yeah, thirty two and thirty three. And John testified, "I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and He rested on Him. I didn't know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water told me the one." You see the Spirit descending and resting on. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Okay, so what John's saying is, which is fascinating, up until the moment the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus as he's coming out of the waters from baptism, that's when he recognizes Jesus is the Messiah. Before that, he said, I didn't know. Okay, so okay, that's interesting. Did he right? know Jesus? Had he ever met Jesus before this moment? Absolutely. Uh, okay, that's what you I was know he say. knew Jesus because right. that was his relative. Exactly. Now, how much did he? How much time did he spend with Jesus? Probably not a ton because they're eighty miles away, and back then right. you couldn't take buses or cars. 
So they probably got together for three times a year festivals because mm -hmm. we know they were religious. Uh, they probably got together grow growing up. And he knew Jesus was different than other kids, but he didn't know Jesus was the Messiah, right. apparently by his own. So the, the pushback is even John in the womb can't know. I think it's the Holy Spirit consuming John or filling John in that moment, obviously. Yeah. And that's the response of God to the presence of, of the son. Well, it says that the baby leapt inside her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then she exclaims, you know, blessed are you among women. And then in verse 43, how could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Yeah. Now, here's another perspective that you may not think of. How does she know Mary's blessed among women? How does she know the mother of my Lord? Because Mary doesn't say a word at this point. And some believe that not only did the angel Gabriel speak to Mary, but prior to Mary's coming, the angel Gabriel, Gabriel gave a heads up to Elizabeth. So that when Elizabeth comes in the presence of Mary, she realizes this is what the angel talked about. Who we don't that? we don't know for sure. That's a mm. that's an assumption. Some people say. That I don't the, believe that. that. The, oh, well, okay. Do you know why? Okay. Because I think we would know. I think Elizabeth would say, "Man, Gabriel came to me. He told me this was going to happen." We don't know that. Do you know what I'm saying? Possibly, possibly. We don't know. We don't know. We know what we do know is that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit right. in that moment. Yeah. And the baby leapt as it, like signifying, hey, mom, yes. listen, here it is. No, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. The I mean, Holy that's, that's what I would lean toward. Yeah. She's already experienced this miraculous pregnancy. Here comes her relative who she knows is not married. Yeah. And no, that, that's, that's, that's You know true. what I'm saying? And assume, I mean, yeah. the Holy Spirit's in the picture, so. Yeah, mm. that's true. The Holy Spirit. Back to what the text says, huh? You never go wrong with listening to the text. All right, verse 42. This is the verse where the Catholic church is divided between the Protestant churches, and that is when it says, Elizabeth exclaimed in a loud voice, she proclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. Now, what does the, I was raised in the Roman Catholic church, where we not only said blessed to Mary, but we said a prayer, blessed are you above women. Okay, Holy, uh, the, the, the Hail Mary, blessed are you among women. But the translation has become blessed are you above women. Okay. So the Catholic Church basically says, this is not Mary blessed equally with women. This is Mary blessed above okay. women. Okay? So what is your pushback on that to say Mary is superior to every other woman that has come along? No. But I think she's to be honored and respected. Right. Mary is to be honored. But remember what we talked about last week. To be blessed or favored by God mm -hmm. has little to nothing or nothing to do with your righteousness. Yeah. Everything to do with God's choice and favor upon you, right? So the Catholic Church would say Mary's above every other woman. That's why they have this idea of the co-redemptress with Christ idea. Right. Mary's co-redeemer with Jesus. You pray to Mary. Hail Mary. Why? Because you want to ask Mary something. Jesus is too busy, so you go to Mary as a mother. But the challenge with that is this. That's all you have to do is find one verse to talk about something similar with another woman in the Bible, and we have that verse. Go with me to Judges chapter 5, verse 24. The exact same translation is given when Deborah, the prophetess, gives this pronouncement over Jael. And what she says is, among all the tent living women, watch what she says, Judges 5, 24. Remember, in the New Testament, we're looking at callbacks to the old. Watch this, almost verbatim, watch this. Most blessed of women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. 
She is most blessed among tent-dwelling women. Okay, she is the most blessed. So here's an example mm-hmm. of it. And it's not most blessed because she did anything. She's most blessed because God's hand's on her. Now, this right. is the problem with us. When we hear the word blessed, we in the world, to, when we say, man, that, that man, that brother is blessed, or he's running that company, it's a blessed company. Normally, it's because of something they did. Right. He worked harder. She worked smarter. He earned it. We got to realize, let me give you a scenario. Two believers, follow this, it's not the best example, it's the best I got. Two believers, born-again believers, okay? They're both going to go on two different roads in two different directions. The first believer is going to read his Bible every day, memorize scripture, go on mission trips, give faithfully. He dies and stands before the Lord. The other believer is not going to read his Bible. He's not going to give much money. He's not going to be obedient at certain times in life. He's not going to memorize scripture. He stands before the Lord. The question is, who does God love more? Now, again, imagine the scenario. They're both believers. Who does God love more at the end of their life? And the answer is both of them. Right. Okay. Why is that hard to why is that hard to wrap our mind around? Because in this world we we do things, we earn things, we you know, we work for Yeah. Now here's a little caveat of that illustration. The second guy doesn't exist, by the way. Because to be a born again believer means you're not doing these things because you have to. You're doing yeah. them out of joy and gratitude and love for what God's already done for you. Mm-hmm. So we don't read the Bible because we have to. You're not listening to this podcast to earn more favor from God. You're doing it because of a love for God to increase your capacity of understanding about God so that you can love and obey him more. Right. I remember as a new Christian, I was pretty militant, you could ask Candy, for years and years, uh, I mean, legalistic in a sense, about my relationship with the Lord because I came out of a loose worldly, you know, indulgent time uh, of the world and sin. So when I became a Christian, I was militant with my faith, so militant that I could not go to bed without reading the Bible. And now, and sometimes I'd be exhausted, get in at one or two or whatever and be exhausted. But I just had, I had to read my Bible. It was a spiritual checklist. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my mentors saying to me, He said, God's going to love you whether you read his word or not. God's still going to love you whether you pray every night or not. And I remember, it doesn't seem like a big deal now, but back then, I remember the first night I was tired and exhausted, and I'd read the Bible every night before that, and I went to pick up the Bible, and I thought, you know what? I grabbed it, and I was tired, and I said, you know what? And I closed it. And I said, God, you're still going to love me whether I read tonight or not. Right. And that was groundbreaking for me. Because, that, because grace is not based on human merit or earning. In fact, the moment grace is earned, it ceases to be grace. Mm-hmm. Now, what Dallas Willard says, which I love, grace is never earned. I mean, gr- grace, um, grace is always opposed to earning, never to effort. Right. So it's not that we don't strive right. for the Lord and persevere. It's that we don't have this idea of earning. So Mary is not blessed above the women, and here's right. why. I'll show you one instance, and we'll close for today, and we'll pick up next week. But I'm going to show you one thing Mary says in here that really blows blows this idea out of the water. Go to the Magnificat, which we'll get to next week, <clears throat> which is Mary's praise to God after she is encountering Elizabeth. So, Candy, you see that? Luke chapter, yes. Luke chapter 1. Mary's going to praise the Lord. The very first thing she says, the very first thing she says, notice what she says, verse 46, read the first line. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord 
The second line too. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And God, my who? Savior. Savior. Okay, unpack that. So I'm gonna let you unpack this for a moment. What is she saying there? What is Mary saying? That her son is gonna be the Savior. Yes. So if Mary is sinless and above all women, mm. watch That's this, right. then Mary doesn't need a Savior because she right. is the Savior. But Mary is showing us something amazing right out the gate, that not only is Jesus her son, but the son is her savior. Mm, wow. Mary herself, and again, I'm not, I know this just wrecks right. Catholic theology and tradition in a sense, because you can't go beyond this. The reality is Mary is sinful, just like everybody else. Right. Mary is favored by God among women, meaning God chose her, so sets her apart. I'm not taking anything from that, but Mary still needs a savior to enter eternity to be with God forever right. and a savior to equip her to live today, yep. to forgive her from her sins, to, to, to pay the debt of the penalty of the punishment reserved for her. So it shows us that Mary, no lesser than, you know, we're not trying to take anything away from her, but Mary, like all of us, needs a savior for her sin. And I think what's encouraging is when you look through the whole council of scripture and the people God used to do amazing things for his kingdom, they're all normal, everyday, sinful people, just like me and you. Look at the disciples. I mean, they were the 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 unpicked guys yeah. that nobody would want to, and that's, who, that's a consistent thing that God does all the way through scripture, he uses people like that to do something for his kingdom. So give oh. us, if, if we're meeting in groups, we're talking about this with your Forgotten Jesus group that you are doing, you can get that discussion guide in the show notes. Yes. Um, give us a thought to think about as we close. Yeah, I would talk about times you have tried to earn God's favor. Okay. Mm. Times of your life when you tried to earn grace. And then times of your life when you receive grace mm. and you thought, wow, I didn't do anything to right. earn or deserve this. Yep. It's only the grace of God. Yep. Someone asked me this week um, in line after church and they just said, man, I just see a passion and an excitement and a fervor for the Lord in you. It's contagious. What, what, how, how have you, you know, stayed that way 20 years after being a Christian? And I told him this line. I said, I've never gotten over being saved. Mm. Like, like the person who's most blown away by the fact that God would save Robbie Gallaty is me. Right. Mm. And it should be us. Like, Andrew, yeah. you should never get over the fact that you were lost far from God and God by his grace saved you. Yeah. And so that's grace. Yeah. And I, I read a quote, uh, some friends of mine uh, who are big revivalist guys, uh, they, they texted this quote to us yesterday and I'll read it to you. It's in the front cover of the Bible of one of my friends uh, in this group. Actually, he runs the Sermon Index website. If you're familiar with the SermonIndexWebsite.com, uh, it's all the sermons, SermonIndex.net. Here's what it says, Michael Koulianis. He says, I want my eyes to fill with tears like they were when I first started. <coughs> that's a good line. Mm. I want my eyes to fill with tears like they were when I first started. Yeah, that's good. Well, Pastor, thank you for that, Candy. Uh, remind me not to trust you around a box of chocolate. And we are so thankful you joined us on this episode of the podcast. Now if you send a box of chocolate to the podcast. That's right. Uh, which we will, we will welcome please good do. chocolates. Yes, we will take that. Put the name of the person you want to receive it. <laughs> God knows Candy Listen, will now start Candy's gonna get down. all. People are going to send it and Candy is going to get all of them. Uh, you that know what is, we're going to do? Yeah. We're going to go in first and eat the tops off of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, hope you enjoyed this episode. Connect with us on social media if you have not already. 
at the Forgotten Jesus on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on the next one.